0: All right, everybody, welcome to High Desert World. Is the heat kind of getting to you? Is that why you... I said, how you doing on Sunday morning? Woo! Amen. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. We got all sorts of awesome stuff going on over the next few weeks. It's uh, I mean, every time it's like school starts and I'm like, I'm already seeing Christmas lights. You know what I mean? Am I the only one? I'm the only one. Okay, well, anyway, I'm prepping for Christmas, and I know uh, you guys are uh, excited about everything going on. I'm going to let Miss Katie go over a few announcements here and tell us what's up right now.
1: Well, first of all, I see a lot of you that I haven't seen in a while. I love you. I'm so glad that you're here. I'm glad you're here with me. I love you. Um, I have to tell you, Pastor and Miss P send their love. They're in Montana. Uh, they took a rafting trip yesterday a big river rafting trip and went fishing. And so that's wonderful. And the Copies, I love you. Thank you for taking care of the family farm. That's amazing. Um, if you have ordered T-shirts, uh, the first set of orders uh, are in. And there are lots of you who have not picked up. We are out of extras. Uh, but if you ordered some, they're there for pickup. We do have a second order in for those of you who needed extras for your kids and stuff. And so that order is in the process and we'll be here soon. Tonight at six o'clock is our second family night. Mm. Who actually had fun last week and didn't think we were totally crazy? Okay. All right. I had fun. It's a little well, it's a lot outside of the box. Um, but come and experience it with us for at least at least once. There are some people who came just to kind of check it out and see what crazy things we're doing. And they have no kids. They just came to experience it. And it is. It's an experience. So you should come and check it out. But uh, youngins, we have some games planned tonight with some emojis. And so it's going to be really, really fun. A little crazy and really, really fun. Uh, the homeschool co-op. I've got to give you a little bit of news on that. Be looking on Facebook and Instagram for a link. This week, we will post um, a sign-up link for you to actually sign up for the classes. They are gonna be on Tuesdays and Wednesdays from like three to six o'clock. We know that most of our students are actually on Zoom meetings until two o'clock. Some of them till noon, but a lot of them till two. So we wanted to make sure that we were able to get everybody in and get some good time going. Um, We've double, double, double checked all the safety stuff um, so we know what our rules and regulations are. And we do not have to mask your kids during that time. So I'm really grateful for that. Praise the Lord. So Tuesdays, 3 to 6 o'clock. And be looking for a link on social media as to how to sign up for that. I think that's, that's all we got. So now it's happy time. Are you happy and awake yet? You guys are really chilled out this morning, to be real honest with you. You're kind of like sort of boring. Y'all are a little boring, so you have to liven up a little bit. Today is Mission Sunday. Um, Our missions board has been updated with a few things, but one of the coolest things that I want to share with you is that Brian Besser is finally traveling again. So I'm really happy for him about that. Praise the Lord for that opportunity. There are lots of traveling ministers who've just been stuck um, and a lot of them, that's their only source of income. That's how God provides for them. But it's been fascinating to watch God provide in a different way. Most of them had just this knowing by the Holy Ghost to do something different, to step out into something. So um, Brian, Brother Brian, uh, had about a year ago, in fact, when he was here, he had said to us, I'm supposed to get my real estate license and I have no idea why and so he went and he got his real estate license and he just during quarantine has been selling houses like hot cakes and thank you Jesus so well provided for that's super super cool and now he is back ministering again. praise God. so I want to share with you Philippians 4:19. this is a giving verse. And I'm going to start in verse 18, Philippians 4:18. And this is true in my life and so many of our lives. It's been an interesting season, but I can say that definitely God has been faithful through every bit of it. So in Philippians 4, 18, it says, At the moment, I have all that I need and more. I'm generously supplied with the gifts that you've sent with me from Epaphroditus. There is sweet smelling sacrifice that is acceptable and pleasing to God. And this same God who takes care of me will supply all of your needs from his glorious riches, which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. Praise God that we have all that we need and we can tell others your needs can be supplied because of Jesus. Right? Praise God, regardless of the times we can be supplied in Christ Jesus. If you need an envelope for your tithes or offerings, the ushers have our sanitary envelopes in their buckets Um, you can also give online lots of us are doing it that way Um, and you can bring your offerings up to the Lord we're going to do our financial faith confession that I'm going to do my very best to not botch up because I'm holding a microphone you know this does something to your brain that all of a sudden you you can't remember it oh look now I don't have to turn backwards for you and look like a like a goof okay are you ready? Media team, our financial faith confession. I have to tell you this too. A good portion of our church is being run by teenagers. In case you didn't hear that a couple weeks ago. <laughs> it's pretty amazing, right? So our media team, um, and if you're interested in helping in any of these areas, please stop us and tell us. We could use your help. Because uh, they have youth group on Wednesdays and it like clears out half of our helps ministry team because they all go to youth group. So praise God for that. Thank you, teenagers, for helping us out. All right. Are we ready? Yeah. Let's hold our tithes before the Lord. As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth and business, settlements, estates and inheritances
2: Let's all stand together, if we can. A faith awakened, you breathed into me. Bones were shaken, the blood you shed was mercy-saving. A dying world separated, you found us running. Broken hearted, but now we are your sons and daughters, forever yours. And now I know what living free is like. I won't waste another moment looking away, holding on to resurrection light. You keep holding, and now you got me living up. I've never given up, it's your love that brings the dead to a life now i got your love, and I'm waking up, now I'm living resurrection life, and we sing, whoa, 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 whoa. are your sons and daughters forever yours now i know what living free is like i won't waste another moment looking away holding on to resurrection life you keep holding and now you've got me living up never giving up it's your love that brings the dead to the light. Now i got your love, and I'm waking up. Now I'm living resurrection life. And now you've got me living up, and never giving up. It's your love that brings the dead to a life. Now i got your love, and I'm waking up. Now I'm living resurrection life, and we sing separated We're separated you found us running broken hearted but now we are your sons and daughters forever yours but now I know what living free is like I won't waste another moment looking away holding on to Now you got me living up, I've uh, never given up. It's your love that brings the dead to life. Now I got your love, I uh, am waking up. And now I'm living resurrection life. And now you got me living up. I've uh, never given up. It's your love that brings the dead to life. Now I got your love. Uh, and I'm waking up. We live in resurrection life, and we sing. Whoa, 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 whoa. You keep holding, you keep holding. Whoa, you never
3: let me go.
2: You never let me go. Never let me go. And now you got me living up. I've never given up. It's your love that brings the dead to a life. And now I got your love. and I am waking up. Now I'm living resurrection life. And now you got me living up. I've never given up. It's your love that brings the dead to a life got your love and I'm waking up now I'm living resurrection life and we sing whoa whoa whoa,
4: whoa,
2: whoa.
3: G.
0: hallelujah hallelujah amen it is a beautiful name the name of jesus at that name every knee will bow every tongue will confess that jesus christ is lord to the glory of god the father there's no other name by which we can be saved but the name of jesus and we boldly Declare that name this morning in Jesus name. Jesus is Lord over our lives. Jesus is Lord over our problems. Jesus is greater. Jesus is bigger than any disease. Jesus is greater. Jesus is bigger than any financial crisis. Jesus is greater. Jesus is bigger than any situation that could possibly come our way. Jesus Christ is Lord. To the glory of God the Father, no matter who agrees with it or not, no matter who likes it or not, Jesus is Lord. And we boldly receive that today. Amen. Can we give a shout out to Jesus this morning? I mean, that sounds like such a weak way to say it. But Jesus. Is Lord. He's everything to us. He healed me. He saved me. He restored me. He gave me another chance at life. Amen. I love Jesus and I will never be ashamed. Ever. I will never bow to any other name or any other thing but to Jesus Christ, my Lord. Amen. Well, you can go ahead and be seated today. I can tell already that we're going to have a really good time at church. Amen. We're going to have a good time, you know, We started this series several weeks ago. I think back in June, I was looking at my notes called Love Riot. And you know, it's, I mean, who's noticed that it's been kind of a weird year. Anybody else? You know, I remember like December 31st. I'm like, oh man, new year, new decade. Here we go. And then like All of a sudden, crazy stuff started happening, and I'm like, wait, this wasn't in my plans for 2020. I didn't put this on my vision board, but all of a sudden, everything seems to start spiraling out of control. Well, in in June, we started this series called Love Riot, and that's a phrase that God had laid on my heart, and I'd heard it before, but really, what I'm breaking it down to is this. This word riot, I've got as an acronym for a righteous invasion of truth, because who knows that? One massive thing the world needs right now is love, and I'm not talking about the generic, made-up, fabricated, kumbaya love. But the world needs the unconditional, no-strings-attached love of God right now. Can we at least agree on that, that that would possibly help some things? Another thing the world needs right now is truth, a massive dose of truth because we live in a world and in a generation where we say that truth is subjective, that it's just whatever you decide to be true is true. And that's not actually how it works. Truth is truth. You can't change the truth just because it offends you. You can't change the truth just because you don't like it anymore. If Jesus said something's true, if he said, I'm the only way to heaven, then that's truth. Whether you like it or not, whether I like it or not. Jesus said some things that aren't my favorite things, but listen. At the same time, it doesn't matter how I feel about it. What matters is, is that he's right and that I've been wrong. And either I get on board with Jesus or I'm like, hey, you know what? Because Jesus said, I have to love my neighbor as myself. Jesus said that I have to turn the other cheek if someone strikes me. I don't like that. Right? He said, if someone demands, I if the soldier demands I carry their gear one mile, I don't only need to do that. I need to go an extra mile. I mean, to my mind, I don't really like that, but... What That doesn't matter what I like or not. What matters is is that I get into submission to Jesus, right? And so truth matters. And so as we're looking at all the things we've covered, today I want to look at a specific couple of verses. And this is a little bit of a different kind of message than than I guess a lot of uh, the angles that I come from sometimes. But we're basically going to be studying the life of Peter today and taking a a very in-depth look at him because whether you know much about Peter or not, Peter was a rough dude. Okay. He was a sailor. He he lived that rough lifestyle. And then Jesus calls him and says, Hey, follow me. And, 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 and I'll make you fishers of men. And so him and, 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 uh, and, um, James and John, they drop what they're doing and they come and they follow Jesus and just lay it all to the side. But Peter still had some rough edges about him, and he made a lot of mistakes, but Jesus kept overlooking those. And so I want to show you the main verses we're looking at today. That's 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 7 and 8. Who's ready to turn to 1 Peter 4? All right, let's get excited about the word today. 1 Peter chapter 4. Amen. Verses 7 and 8. And, And as we're talking about love and forgiveness. is there anybody else in Barstow that finds it a little bit harder to love other people when it's like 120 degrees outside? And amen, you know, anyone else been tested this week? So uh, praise God. So this is perfect timing for this because we've got a cranky people walking around town just because it's so hot. And I'm like, hey, I didn't choose to make it this hot, all right? It's not my fault. But First Peter 4, verses 7 and 8. And there's several things in here that speak to me, but let's look at this. Verse 7, Peter says, the end of the world is coming soon. Well, if you thought that back then, Peter, you'd be shocked at what it's like right now. So he says, the end of the world is coming soon. Therefore, be earnest and disciplined in your prayers. Most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other. Here it is. For love covers a multitude of sins. Love covers a multitude of sins. And I've heard that verse my entire life. I've heard that phrase. In fact, this is one of those verses that I hear people use as a quote and they don't even realize it's in the Bible. Have you ever noticed that some people just throw, you know, I I heard this great quote the other day and I'm like, dude, that's a scripture and you don't even realize it. But yes, (laughs) for love covers a multitude of sins. Now, there is a lot wrapped up into these couple of verses, but this Greek word that that Peter used for cover, it literally means to forgive. And so what he's saying here, and he's specifically talking in this instance about our other brothers and sisters, other Christians, he says, love covers, love forgives a whole multitude of sins. Now, I know some people, they think that Their version of this verse is love exposes a whole bunch of sins, a multitude of sins. And I'm like, it's not your job to be the exposer of sin. I mean, sin will eventually reveal itself. Have you ever noticed that? Man, maybe you've had a stain in your couch or something like that, and and you can hide it for a minute, but it eventually just comes back to the surface. It'll reveal itself without your help. And so some people think that it's like, man, it's just my job. It's what God has me do. I call people out. I'm like, I don't think that God called you to do that. Love covers a multitude of sins. Now, that does, does it say that love condones a multitude of sins? That love agrees with a multitude of sins? It doesn't say that, but it does say that love covers and love forgives a multitude of sins. So to read this verse in its context, we do realize right here that, that the whole book of 1 Peter and 2 Peter, and I encourage you, they're short books. I encourage you to 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 read each of these books this week. I mean, that it wouldn't hurt you at all. Who thinks that if you read the whole book of First Peter, it would cause harm to your life? Who thinks that it would potentially really help your life out a whole bunch? Seventy percent of this church thinks that reading First Peter could possibly help their life. That's good. That's I'll take that. But I would a hundred be better. But anyway, so Peter deals a lot with the end times, and he deals a lot with very pertinent issues to what we are dealing with in 2020. And one of the main things is persecution of the church, which, blow and behold, we're finally seeing in America. I'm like, man, I, I you know, I, I've i read for all these years about churches in other countries and Christians having to, you know, deal with stuff. And I'm like, hey, here it is. It finally arrived. It took a while. But 2020, churches are going through all sorts of stuff, getting burned down. I mean, come on. It's ridiculous. I saw this church in Alabama that that dared to, to hold service, and somebody got mad about it and burned their church down, you know, in June or something like that. And I'm like, this is crazy stuff going on. But in all fairness, we've been warned. And guys like Peter told us how to handle a bunch of this. So what I want to look at today is just two very basic points about how we can relate to what Peter was talking about when he said, love covers a multitude of sins, because Peter could say that because he was forgiven, Of a whole multitude of sins, Peter had, in fact, he's famous for one of the biggest trip-ups, one of the biggest choke jobs in all of Scripture, and we're going to look at that here in a few minutes. But how can we relate to Peter? I'm going to pray real quick, and then I want to dig into just a couple of points here, and I really pray that God gets a hold of your heart today, because I promise you there's some truth here that could change your life if you'll let it. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you, Lord, that we get to uh, be together, Lord, and to hear your word, to sing praises to you, to pray to you, God, together as a family. And Lord, today as we open up the Holy Scripture, as we open up the Bible, I pray that you'll speak to us in a great big way, Lord, and that you will change us. We don't want to leave the same way we came, God. We came to get fixed. We came to get straightened up. We came to get encouraged and corrected. And so I pray that you will do that today, Lord change us so we can be more like you and so we can be better prepared to live this life in jesus name everybody said so what are some ways that we can relate to peter number one he screwed up big and jesus covered it is there anybody else in here you can relate to that i mean come on listen hey I know you guys, in all fairness, I mean, I've been around you for years, okay? Go ahead and raise your hand. Yes. We've screwed up big, I've screwed up huge, you've screwed up big, but Jesus covered it anyway. Think about the magnitude of that. And if we're all being honest, we, you know, we'd say, yeah, there's no doubt about it, there's been times that I've screwed up big. And as we're looking at the scripture today, as we're studying, I want you to, to be looking at it through a window excuse me, through a mirror. A lot of times we're looking through the scripture as a window and be like, oh wait, yeah, this definitely applies to Josh, definitely. I mean, that guy, he screwed up. He's choked so many times. Or Sabrina over there, my gosh, she's, you know, and we're looking through a window, but today why don't we look through a mirror and see, you know what, let, let, let that apply to those guys, but how about I look and see how this applies to me today? Does that make sense? So we've all screwed up at different times, but Jesus covered it, Jesus forgave us, Jesus gave us another chance. Now, we all realize this point too. Hopefully you realize it. It's one thing to constantly keep doing the same thing over and over and you have no intention of ever changing it. I mean, if I'm a thief and I keep stealing and I keep lying all the time, I mean, after a while, it's like, I don't think that guy's very genuine when he says he's sorry because he keeps doing it. That's one thing. But it's a whole other thing when we screw up, we fail, we sin, we absolutely blow it. And then we say, gee, man, my gosh, Lord, help me. I don't want to do that. I don't want to be like that. That's a whole other ball game. and love covers a multitude of sins. And so as we look at Peter, a lot of people are very familiar with the worst day of his life, which I'm getting ready to share. But I'm going to tell you this. I don't want my entire life to be judged based off of my one worst day, right? And in our society, we could have somebody that's had 50 great years, 30 great years, whatever. They've pretty much lived a great life, and, and, and they haven't been perfect, but they've been a pretty stable dude, right? And then we judge their entire life, their entire scope of work, their entire career, whatever it is, based off of their one worst day. Now, I don't want that happening to me, right? And a lot of people are like, oh, yeah, Peter, that's the guy that denied Jesus. Hello, like well yeah he did do that but do you know what happened to peter after that and 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 so many people it's a big thing in our culture and our society to completely destroy somebody over their lowest moment over their worst day and really love doesn't condone a multitude of sins but love does cover a multitude of sins and i'm going to put a quote on the screen here because I feel this. You need to hear this. We judge others by their actions and ourselves by our intentions. Let that, just let that marinate on the brain for a minute because you need to get that for a second. Somebody needs to get that. Listen, we judge other people by their actions. Oh, he saw what he did. Yeah, but you did the same thing. Yeah, but I didn't mean it when I did it. Wait a minute. Hold on. What? What? We judge others by their actions, but ourselves by our intentions. And I've seen, man, I've seen so many people, uh, for here's a, just a very easy topic. They One major thing that I've seen Christians judge other Christians on is over divorce, right? And I've had people just really annihilate my dad over this. The man, before he was ever even a born-again Christian, okay, I mean, I'm not going to get into his business here, but before he was ever even a Christian, his wife left him. And so... You know, what can you do about that? He gets saved, gives his life to Jesus. He's a brand new creature in Christ. Brand new, right? And so, God calls him to the ministry afterwards. God calls him to marry my mom. I'm glad he did, cause hey, pretty sure I wouldn't be here. So anyway, I'm just, I'm not, I don't know how all that fully works, but I'm pretty sure I wouldn't be here. And so, you know, he repents, and he wasn't even, you know, she left him. And so he gets into the ministry, and I've had, and, and this church right here, I mean, like 10 years ago, there was a dude that was a two-time felon and, and you know, he was one strike away from life and he comes to church here and, and he's growing. He finds out that 30, 40 years ago, before my dad was ever even saved, his wife left him and divorced him. And so now, and that guy dares to preach? I'm like, dude, do you realize? how much you've been forgiven of, like you're like one mistake away from never seeing the light of day again. And yet you're going to, well, yeah, but, but my heart in it was this. No, you judge other people by their actions, but yourself by your own intentions and love covers, love forgives a multitude of sins. And so that's the type of stuff I'm talking about where that's not a good example of what a Christian is supposed to be. And so let's go ahead and dive in here. Matthew chapter 26, Matthew 26. I had a lot of scripture for today. I actually carved some out because I had so much. I'm like this, I, you know, I, I just, I want to get to it. Matthew 26, and we're going to look starting at verse 33. And here we have G, uh, Peter on the absolute worst, lowest moment of his life. And probably the moment that he's most known for. So Matthew 26, we're going to look at verses 33 through 35. And so this is Jesus getting ready to, to go to the cross, getting ready to die. He's going to be betrayed. And he's telling the disciples, he's like, guys, this is what's getting ready to happen. Prepare yourselves. And Matthew 26, verse 33, Peter declared, even if everyone else deserts you, I will never desert you. He's like, man, I don't know about these guys, but speaking for myself, I would never desert you. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, Peter, this very night before the rooster crows, you will deny three times that you even know me. So Peter said, I'll never leave you. Jesus said, not only will you leave me, you will deny that you even know me. No, Peter insisted. Even if I have to die with you, I will never deny you. And all the other disciples vowed the same. And so he's on the record here. I don't care what everybody else does. Even if I die, even if it kills me, I will never leave your side. So let's fast forward, okay, like a few hours later, right? So Jesus is betrayed by Judas the backstabber, right? He betrayed with a kiss, and then, and then Jesus is arrested, they're, they're beating him, slapping him around, they're holding this phony trial in the middle of the night. Who holds court at midnight? This whole thing was a frame job, this whole thing was an absolute disaster, I mean just complete fake phony trial, but nevertheless, the disciples all split. And so, here they are, Matthew 26 verse 69, I'm gonna read this in the Living Bible, and so, Peter is kind of hiding, watching all this go on. It says, meanwhile, as Peter was sitting in the courtyard, a girl came over and said to him, hey, you were with Jesus, for both of you are from Galilee. But Peter denied it loudly. I don't even know what you're talking about, he angrily declared. So, I mean, he didn't only say, like, no, leave me alone, little kid. I don't know what you're doing. He, he loudly said, I have no idea what you're talking about. Later out by the gate, another girl noticed him and said to those standing around, this man was with Jesus from Nazareth. Again, Peter denied it this time with an oath. So he's like, I swear, I don't even know the man. Wow. But after a while, the men who had been standing there came over to him and said, we know you're one of his disciples. We can tell by your Galilean accent. Peter began to curse and swear, I don't know the man, he said. And immediately, the rooster crowed. And then an instant flashback occurs. Peter remembered what Jesus had said. Before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. And he went away crying bitterly. Can you imagine the second that that flashback comes into his mind? Oh, my God. Gosh, can you imagine the the weight of that moment? You see Jesus getting smacked around and people are like, hey, wait, you know him, right? No, I don't don't even know him. In Jesus' greatest moment of need. He's been there for you every time, Peter. Every time you even had a bad day, Jesus was right there to say, hey, man, hang in there. It's going to be all right. Jesus fixed it every single time. And the one time Jesus needed you, you failed him and said, I don't even know who he is. Can you imagine the weight, the thoughts, I'm guessing suicidal thought, everything going on in your mind at that moment. This had to be the absolute worst. Uh, imagine this, your husband or your wife or your kids or your parents are getting hauled away, right? Unjustly, they're being arrested, hauled away. And someone's like, wait a minute. Isn't that, that that's your wife, right? I don't know her. Wait, that's that's your kid, and your kid's crying out, "Dad, come on, say something!" And as a dad, you're like, "I don't, I don't know, I don't even know him." All right, Just get, up. I don't know him. Keep me away. That's about the magnitude of this moment. To deny Jesus is even worse than denying your own family. But here, Peter is in this moment, and not only did he split on Jesus, but he said, "I, I don't even know." He got so mad about it. We have Peter, one of Jesus' best friends, literally cussing and swearing in front of all these people. And then the truth hits him. Can you, I mean, I've had some bad days, but I'm going to be totally 100% right now. I have never had a day that bad where I could say, oh my gosh. Oh my God. What in the world just happened? That is a bad day, and it's recorded for everybody of all time to, to to see. And so, of course, we know the story: Jesus dies, but good news—he's raised again three days later. He doesn't stay dead. That's the—I mean—that's the good news right there. But Jesus comes back, and he's on the earth for 40 days. Before he eventually ascends to heaven and is where he is right now, waiting to come back for us very, very soon, right? And so, during this time, he appears to the disciples off and on and, 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 and does some different things. But I want to look at this story right, actually before we get there, before, I gotta set this up, I gotta set the stage up. Alright, in a minute we're gonna turn to John 21, but right now I want you to look at 1 Corinthians 13. I gotta set the stage or this won't make any sense. I gotta do this justice. And so, before we go to John, 1 Corinthians 13. 1 Corinthians 13. And we're gonna look at verses 4 through 7. Everybody knows this as the love chapter. What is this chapter? This is by definition what God's kind of love is. This is the definition of the God kind of love. So when I say Jesus loves you, people they don't fully get that because they think of love in their own terms. And they think, well, yeah, my dad loved me too, but he left our family. Yeah, my wife said she'd be there, and then she left. I mean, so we have a very screwed up view of what love is. But here's the God kind of love. And when I say Jesus loves you, this is what I mean. 1 Corinthians 13, 4, love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable. Can we say that together? It is not irritable. So as we go through the heat wave this week, you just remember that I said that right now, okay? Especially if you come across me at Walmart or something. It is not irritable. It keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. So as I read that, as I read that, 1 John 4, verse 8 tells me that God is love. Right? So what is God? Love, right? God's a lot of amazing things. He's the creator. He's the almighty. But definitely God is love. And so sometimes to help me out, I read 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7. And every time I see the word love, I will insert the name of God, the Father, or of Jesus. And so I would read it this way. And this helps me understand why Jesus can forgive a multitude of sins. Jesus is patient and kind. Somebody say amen. Jesus is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. Uh, look at this. He does not demand his own way. Jesus is not irritable and he keeps no record of being wronged. That's good news for me because I have wronged Jesus before. I'm guessing if I have, there's a chance you have too, where maybe I didn't fully keep my word. Maybe I did something that I know hurt him. But the good news is Jesus keeps no record. Love keeps no record of being wronged. He does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Jesus never gives up. Jesus never loses faith. Jesus is always hopeful, and Jesus endures through every circumstance. Somebody ought to say amen today to that right there. And so how could Jesus keep loving Peter? Because Jesus never loses faith. He never gives up. He endures through every circumstance. And so one thing that you need to realize about Jesus that makes and and, and how we need to be more like him instead of less like him is this, is that Jesus sees people for what they can be at their very best, not for where they are right now. I'm going to say that again because I was sitting last night. I was doing something. I forget what I was doing, but I heard my kids arguing in the other room, and I'm like, man, here it goes again. And then and then, and the, 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 this, these thoughts came to me, and, and, and it was this, is that Jesus sees people for what they can be at their very best, not for where they are right now. And I am so glad that did, Jesus didn't just look at me in my worst moment and say, you know what, forget it. No, Jesus saw me in my worst moment and said, You know what? Uh, He's there right now. I get that. But if we can clean this guy, if we can really, if he will submit to me, my God, I could use him. Right? Amen? Aren't you glad Jesus didn't just see you in your worst moment and say, well, she's probably peaked. That's probably like, that's the best she's ever going to get. So I don't think I'm going to waste my time on that. No, Jesus said, she's right there right now. I fully understand that. But if I could get her right here, this girl's a world changer. This girl can be somebody. That's how Jesus sees us. Imagine if Christians actually acted like that imagine if christians actually acted like jesus which is i mean that's the whole goal right but imagine if christians said you know what i am not denying that th- this person's a mess right now but my gosh the potential that is right there i'm not giving up i'm not losing faith i'm going to endure th- i'm going to endure through this circumstance imagine that and especially if we had that same attitude towards our own family towards our own brothers and sisters so as we've read 1 Corinthians 13, you've seen what the love of Jesus actually is. Now I want to catch us up, John 21, to what happens when Jesus and Peter finally have a chance to, uh, I don't know, see each other. To, to finally uh, catch up after the whole death and resurrection and Jesus being on the earth. Look at this. John chapter 21. John chapter 21. But... What I'm trying to get at today is I want us to look in the mirror and see, wow, thank you, Jesus, for forgiving me. Thank you for not just wanting to put my sins on blast, but wanting to forgive my sins, wanting to bring me through what I've been through. John chapter 21. And we're going to look at verses 3 through 7. And so Peter has been in his absolute lowest Moment, I mean, I'm not gonna put words into his mouth or make up what he was thinking, but I'm guessing that's the type of thing that could make you want to just go jump off a bridge or something. I mean, that was a bad moment. It was so bad that Peter, the tough sailor man, is out there crying and weeping in this moment. And so, we have everything go on, but here we are, John chapter 21, verses 3 through 7. The disciples are like, well, I mean, what do we do now? Verse 3, Simon Peter said, boys, I'm going fishing. Right. And so like, oh, okay. So we'll come too. they all said. So they went out of the boat, but they caught nothing all night. Now that for a guy like me, that doesn't catch much anyway. That's not surprising, but these guys are pros. And so like, if they don't catch something, something's weird. Something's going on. They didn't catch anything all night at dawn. Jesus was standing on the beach, but the disciples couldn't see who he was, right? They didn't know it was Jesus out there. He called out fellas. Have you caught any fish? No, they replied. Then he said, throw out your net on the right-hand side of the boat, and you'll get some. I mean, I'm not a pro, as I've said, but that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. It's pretty much the same water on this side as on that side, but whatevs, they do it. So they go ahead, and they throw out the boat. They throw out the net. So they did, and they couldn't haul in the net because there were so many fish in it. Just side note, who thinks it's a great idea to follow what Jesus says to do, even if it makes absolutely no sense, right? You get nothing all night. And in two seconds of following Jesus and obeying what he said, you have more than you can absolutely handle. I mean, come on. That's, I've seen that happen time and time again in my life. Verse seven, then the disciple Jesus loved, that's, that's John. Does everybody know that that's John talking about himself? Now, I'm not saying John had some ego issues, but John him and Peter kind of had this little rivalry, right? I don't know if you've ever noticed that. They kind of argued sometimes. I mean, it's documented. It's in Scripture. In fact, it talks about, John writes, whenever they ran to go see that uh, Jesus had written. When they went to go see the empty tomb, John's like, yeah, the, the disciple that Jesus loved actually got there first. But, you know, not that's irrelevant to the fact. And so... John, he refers to himself as the disciple who Jesus loved. Well, Jesus loved all of them, but I guess he was really close to John also. And so he said to Peter, it's the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his tunic for he had stripped for work. I don't want to recommend stripping for work, guys, but that's what Peter did right there. Okay, so he's, I mean, he's down in his underwear. He he puts it back on. He jumps into the water and heads to the shore. This is the type of guy that Peter is. Hardcore, adrenaline, testosterone. He just throws it all on, jumps into the water, and heads to the shore for Jesus, no questions asked. And so, as you read, Jesus cooks up some breakfast for the guys. And I'm thinking, man, I've had some good breakfast, but I'd love to have some breakfast cooked by Jesus. That had to be absolutely off the charts. But look here at verse 15. And you've got to see this, okay? This is what I'm getting to right here. Verse 15, after breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, hey, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Well, yes, Lord, Peter replied. You know I love you. Then feed my lambs, Jesus told him. Jesus repeated the question. Hey, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, Peter said. You know I love you. Then take care of my sheep, Jesus said. Then a third time he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt that Jesus asked the question a third time. He said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said, then feed my sheep. I tell you the truth. When you were young, you were able to do as you liked. You dressed yourself. You went wherever you wanted to go. But when you were old, you will stretch out your hands and others will dress you and take you where you don't want to go. What does that mean? Jesus said this to let him know by what kind of death he would glorify God. Then Jesus told him, just follow me. So I'm reading that, and I'm like, Jesus says, Peter, you've always been a strong man. You've always been able to basically handle and do everything you wanted to do. Stick with me. Feed my sheep, because a day's coming. They're going to stretch out your hands and take you where you don't want to go, Peter. Jesus was saying, Peter, I'm giving you an advanced warning. You will be crucified someday. They will stretch your hands out like they did mine. They will nail you, Peter, to a cross someday. Glorify God. Forget everybody else and just follow me. And so Peter sees all this and he's like, why do you keep, why did you ask me a third time? Now, I'm not going to pretend to know the full significance, but I believe this is somehow tied to Peter denied Jesus Three times. And then Jesus asked him three times. Do you really love me? Are you sure you want to make that commitment? Because so many people think that the path to following Jesus is totally, totally easy. But the truth is Jesus said this. The, the, the highway to hell, the gateway to hell, that's broad. That's the easy way. The path to following me. Believe it or not, is quite narrow and a lot of people they don't want they don't want to go with it. They they, they, they can't take it. And I'm telling you right now, the very first verse I read today, first Peter four seven, he said, The end of the world is at hand. It's it's near and it's a lot closer than it was. And I will just tell you now, you you will see and I do see the path getting narrower and narrow to some to people say, you know what, I don't I don't know. I don't I I don't I don't I don't know. And people kind of falling off here and there. But I'm telling you right now, Jesus said, it'll be worth it. I'm going to tell you in advance that it's not going to be easy. Glorify God, Peter. Stick with it, Peter. Do you love me, Peter? Do you love me, Peter? You know I love you. Do you really love me, Peter? Yes. I love you. I told you that. Then follow me. Follow me. And guess what? Peter Kept his word this time. Peter never again turned his back on Jesus. Why is that? Because I can speak in my own life, hopefully you can speak in your life. When I have truly experienced love, the love of God, it has spurred a reaction from me. When I see that Jesus loved me enough to heal me of leukemia, when I had leukemia, that was awful. Not fun, but when I saw that Jesus loved me enough to heal me, that made me want to do something. Made me want to give my life to Jesus and never look back. When Jesus rescued me after this situation and that situation, that made me, you know what, I... I, I've gotta do, I've half, I know I'll never be able to, but I absolutely have to do my best to try to repay you. I know you're not telling me to repay you. I know that you said it was a free gift, but I've gotta do everything I can for as long as I'm alive to try my best to pay you back and to honor you and give you the thanks that you deserve, even though I could never do it in one lifetime. I couldn't do it in ten lifetimes, but I've gotta try my best. And so when Peter received this forgiveness, when Peter absolutely choked, did the biggest fail job of all time and denied Jesus in his moment of need. And Jesus said, you know what? Water under the bridge. Do you love me? Feed my sheep. And Peter went and did that. And so number two is this. Number two is this. Peter loved Jesus so much that he was willing to do anything for him what am I talking about? I'm talking about how we as Christians of 2020 can relate to what Peter said when he said, love covers a multitude of sins. Well, we can relate because we've all screwed up big time, yet Jesus covered our sin for us and took care of it. Man, have you ever like you, maybe you owed a debt or something, or or at least you, you owed, you, you, you needed to make a payment of something at a restaurant or anything. And one of your friends is like, oh, hey, I covered it. What? No, no, let me go. Let me go do it. No, I covered it. What does that mean? It means it's paid for, dude. There's, you, don't, you don't owe anything. It's fine. It's, it's over with. I took care of it. And that's what Jesus did. He's like, hey, I covered it. Lord, but I, I've, I've got to do this and I've got to. I covered it, man. It's fine. You live for me because you love me. Don't live for me because you're trying to buy your salvation. You don't have to buy your salvation. Jesus bought and paid for your salvation. I serve Jesus, not because I'm afraid of punishment, not because I'm afraid of hell. I serve Jesus because I love him so much that I can't bear the thought of denying him or disappointing him. And so number two, Peter loved Jesus so much that he was willing to do anything for him. So we're in the book of John, and then we go to the book of Acts. And so I'm just going to kind of tell the story and then show you the scriptures in a minute. But in Acts chapter actually Acts chapter 3, Peter and John are on their way to the temple one day for the noonday prayer meeting. There's a crippled man there saying alms, you know, hey, give me a handout. I need, I need some money. And Peter says, hey, look at us. We don't have any money, but I'll give you what I do have. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up. And walk. This guy that had been crippled since his entire life gets up and starts running around. He's totally healed. Well, when something like that happens, it tends to create a scene. It tends to spread quite quickly, and so everybody's talking about, man, these two these two guys over here. They're out there healing people, and so they get called in, and the the officials are like, okay, wait, who authorized you to go out there doing? By whose name are you healing people? In Acts chapter four. And Peter's like, hey, I'll tell you, it was by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. They're like, okay, you may never use that name again. And Peter says, sorry, not sorry, we're going to keep using the name of Jesus. And so they're like, well, get out of here. And so they go out, and then they not only don't quit using the name of Jesus, they start using it even more than they've ever used it before. The power of God is working so much through Peter That when Peter walks down the street, if his shadow even touches a sick person, they get healed. This is the same guy that denied Jesus and cussed everybody out, just like not that long ago, right? Man, forgiveness is a powerful thing. It can resurrect a real loser, right? It can absolutely mold somebody into something powerful. And so... Peter, I mean, they're praying for people. They're casting devils out. Their people are getting healed just if they come anywhere near Peter. And so they're like, wait, they call them back in. Hold on. Time out. We told you to quit using that name. And so they arrest him. They throw him into jail. And then guess what happens in Acts chapter 5? An angel comes and busts them out of jail. And so an angel comes in and they're out of jail. And so what, what, what do they do? Well, they go right back to where they left off preaching. They go right back to the temple. And Peter, I, I imagine it as Peter got cut off by the police mid-sermon. He, walks right, he gets bussed out of jail. He walks right back to the temple and finishes right in the middle of where he left off. And the guys show up. We can't do anything to these guys, all right? You wouldn't listen to a verbal warning. You wouldn't listen to jail. How about? We beat the living daylights out of you. And so Acts chapter 5, verse 40. Acts chapter 5, verse 40. We'll pick it up there. And so what I'm getting at is a very strong point right here. Acts chapter 5, verse 40. So one of the guys says, we we need to watch it. We we need to just get these guys out of here quick. One of the leaders, we're going to cause a riot or something because people love these guys. And so the others accepted his advice. They called in the apostles and had them flogged. Well, you don't know what flogging is, but flogging is an awful, horrific, terrible beating. Paul got it. Jesus was flogged. This was an absolute massacre. These guys were probably torn to a bloody pulp from this beating. Then they ordered them after the flogging to never again to speak in the name of Jesus. And then they let them go. What do you think happened? Look at verse 41. The apostles left the high council rejoicing that God counted them worthy to suffer disgrace for the name of Jesus. My gosh. I know most people now, if somebody looks at you funny while you're praying for your food, you're like, geez, I won't do it anymore. Gosh. Yeah, these guys get beaten to a pulp and they leave thanking God and praising God with a little skip in their step. I imagine Peter giving a heel click as he runs out of there. I am so honored that I finally reached the level of of, of being able to be beaten for the name of Jesus. And yet we know people, I never denied Jesus. Somebody said, you go to that church over there? What? What? No, what, are you, no, what are you talking about? You really believe in that God? So, I don't know, man. I just... People that claim to be Christians deny Jesus every day, if not with their words, often by our actions, right? But the good news is Jesus is right there, never giving up, never losing faith, always hopeful, enduring through every circumstance because he covers and forgives a multitude of sins. And so these guys, they leave their beating with blood everywhere, and they're rejoicing This is the best day of our lives. We have been found worthy enough to suffer disgrace for the name of Jesus. What a day. And verse 42, and every day in the temple where they got arrested and from house to house, they continued to teach and preach this message. Jesus is the Messiah. I mean, I read this and that inspires me because I'm like, you know what? If they couldn't shut Peter up with all this... They are not going to shut me up about the man that healed me, the man that saved me, the man that gave me peace when I was depressed, the man that gave me joy when I was sad and in the dumps, the man that healed me, that that helped me with my money when I was poor. I am not going to shut up about the name of Jesus Christ. Jesus is the Messiah. Amen. It's okay to clap for Jesus. And you don't have to play patty cake. You can actually clap. Jesus is the Messiah. Now, how did we ever even get to this point in Peter's story? How? Because Jesus' love covered the multitude of Peter's sins. And let's just get real. We don't like to say one sin's worse than the other, but it's pretty bad when Jesus is getting kicked on the floor and you say you don't even know him. That was a bad moment. Let's just be real right there. But Jesus says, Peter, I love you. Just feed my sheep. Just feed my sheep. Glorify God in the way that you live. And so as we get through all that, Peter not only survives the book of Acts, but he goes on and keeps living for Jesus, giving Jesus 110% every day for the rest of his life until he makes it to an older age. But I recall yet again, When Jesus said to Peter on the beach there that day, hey, Peter, when you're old, you'll stretch out your hands and others will dress you and take you where you don't want to go. So whatever became of that, well, the day finally happened. Now, it's not recorded in Scripture, but we've got plenty of credible eyewitness accounts and historical accounts of the day that Peter was crucified somewhere, 65, 66 A.D., Right after he wrote 1st and 2nd Peter. Now in 1st Peter, he writes these famous words, love covers a multitude of sins. And he could have added, I'm speaking from experience. You guys just gotta believe me. Because Peter was at the end of his life when he's writing this. And so he's arrested, right, by the Roman government, sentenced to death. He was ordered to be crucified just like Jesus told him it was gonna happen. Now according to several Eyewitness and historical accounts, Peter's like, hey, man, I'm glad to die. Dying for Jesus, it's an honor. It's an honor. I'm glad to do it. But here's the deal. I am not worthy enough to die the same way that Jesus died. So they're thinking, well, you want us to hang you or something? You want a less painful way? No, you're getting this crucifixion. He's like, no, I'm not saying to not crucify me. I'm saying don't even hang me the same way you hung Jesus. Hang me upside down on that thing. And so as history records, they put Peter on that cross, hang it upside down, and drive it into the ground. He dies with joy, with thankfulness, with gratefulness that he was allowed to live a life for Jesus and die and put his faith to the ultimate test. He didn't see crucifixion. He didn't see dying for Jesus as a massive loss. Man, I took a big L there. No. He saw this as, wow, the ultimate victory. I lived so well for Jesus. I never denied him again. Yeah, that happened that one time, but I never did it again that now I get to die. And not only that, I get to go right up there and be with Jesus. And so I don't know how long it took him to die on that thing. I'm guessing upside down, maybe not as long as the normal crucifixion, which could take days. But he eventually dies. And just imagine that reunion. When Peter shows up in heaven and Jesus is like, man, you did it. You did it. You fed my sheep. You never gave up. You never denied me again. And when I get up there to heaven, man, I cannot wait for that day when my faith, because I've been believing in this guy. I've been believing in this savior for all these years and I've never seen him. It's been totally by faith. But the day will come when my faith will be turned to sight, and I will get to show up in heaven and look Jesus in the eye and say, thank you for not giving up on me. Thank you for giving me another chance. Thank you for covering all those stupid things I did and forgiving me anyway. Your love covered the multitude of my sins. I want to look Jesus right in the eyes and thank him for never giving up on me. And I say, Jesus, I'm never, I'm never, I will never give up on you. I will never deny you. I may not do it perfect, but I'm showing up there someday. And I want to, you know, I mean, I don't know what you think. When you think of heaven, I don't know what you imagine. But I imagine me giving Jesus a giant hug, falling down at his feet, looking in his eyes, and just thanking him for every moment that he was with me. Amen. So as we kind of bring her in for a landing today, I all I'm asking as we've discussed love and truth over the last several weeks since June, I want us to just take a second, man, and be thankful that Jesus forgave us even when we weren't as awesome as we are right now, or maybe you are in your lowest moment, right? Maybe you are there and Jesus is he's calling you you're here today. I've been looking for a sign. You're here. There's a big sign. You're watching on the internet. You're watching, right? That's your sign. That's all you need. And you need to know that Jesus loves me. No, I've heard that my whole life. No, I'm telling you that Jesus is patient and kind. He's not rude. He's not harsh. He forgives. He's always hopeful. He endures through every circumstance. He never fails. And so as we've talked about love covering a multitude of sins today, You've been forgiven. Now, if you want to actually do something with your forgiveness, take it out and forgive somebody else, right? Love somebody else. Well, what would Jesus have me do? What would Jesus do? You know, that's a nice question. And I remember in the 90s, I'm a child of the 90s, we wore these bracelets everywhere. What would Jesus do? And I mean, there was a cool thing. But really, if you know Jesus very well, there's not that often that I have to say, Jesus, what would you do in this situation? I know the guy really well, and and you do too, right? You, 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 You talk to him every day. You read his word every day. It's not that often that I don't actually know what Jesus would do. What would Jesus do in 2020? Jesus would be preaching the gospel. Jesus would be loving people that don't deserve it. Jesus would be standing in faith and and, and 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 praying for the sick. Jesus would be loud and proud and bold and letting everybody know, hey, man, it's about to end. We need to be ready. Amen. And so hopefully I've stirred the pot a little bit today. Amen. Let's go ahead and stand up together. Give the Lord a little bit of praise. What does love do? Love covers a multitude of sins. Love doesn't just expose sin. Love covers a multitude of sins. And I really truly believe that one massive answer to everything going on in this world, cause hey, I don't know what's gonna happen next. Every time I'm like, well, you know, we gotta do this, cause they said that, then they change it the next week, or yeah, well, they said this is happening, and then they're wrong, and, and so, I mean, I don't, I don't know what's gonna happen next in 2020 or 2021, but I do know that Jesus said, hey, the end is near just be ready and so i want to pray over you guys today if you could bow your heads close your eyes father in the name of jesus i pray for every single person that is here today and lord i thank you we've got an absolutely awesome amount of people today here lord a great turnout to hear the word of god i love that but lord i pray for everybody in this building everybody listening on the internet god in the name of jesus that this word spoke to their hearts Help them to receive your love. If they haven't received it, if they're still fighting and kicking against it, Lord, I pray that those hard hearts are melted and being soft and they're receiving the love of Jesus and we're giving it out to those around us, Lord. This isn't some cheap, generic, kumbaya, fake rainbow pony thing. This is the real, life-changing love of God. And when we love you, Lord, we're going to obey you. We're going to do what you told us to do. We thank you for it in Jesus' mighty name. Can somebody say amen today? Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. And if you ever need prayer for something, you know, specific, it's fine. Come let me know. I'm, I'll, I'll pray for you. Hey, I'll, I'll, I'll pray the drop of a hat, and I'll drop a hat just to pray. I love to pray for people. So I'm here for you. I remind you that tonight we have the family night service. So bring grandparents, bring your kids. Uh, uh, parents, bring your kids. It's for everybody. But we're really ministering to the kids because I refuse, to out of everything going on, to let the kids not get ministered to. We Love kids. Amen. And so, hey, thank you. We, we've got a whole service that we're, you know, we got some games for them, but we're gonna, we're gonna do a a lesson for them that they understand on their level. And it's awesome. Last week, great wonderful turnout. But bring the kids tonight, bring the whole family, and we're going to minister and have a great time. My final thing is your t-shirts are in. If you haven't picked them up yet, go grab your Barstow's Blessed t-shirt. I've got 94 of these t-shirts walking all over Barstow right now. So let's, I don't know, let's hit that 100 mark sometime soon, okay? But, but we're going to keep wearing these and spreading the love of Jesus. Amen. All right, who's ready to speak some words of faith over the city of Barstow? Why do we do this all the time? Because Proverbs eleven eleven tells us that when we speak blessings over the city, it flourishes. But evil talk will turn it into a ghost town in no time. Here we go. Let's say this together. We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved. In Jesus' name, amen. Give the Lord some praise today. Hallelujah. We'll see you tonight. Go get into that air conditioning and stay calm. It'll get better. Amen. Love you.